Blog Talk Radio. Like, hey, 
<laughs> Why not go rob again? And that you know, you have a lot of those numbers there too. But it's something unique going on with this generation. Um, because it's on the rise. It's it's a little bit different from I don't know your age, but you said you went uh for a gun crime at the age of sixteen. Um when you were 16, I mean, did you at that point feel, because I mean, I want the kids, if you got young boys at home, 15, 16, 17, 14, 12, 13, like, is this one of the shows you actually want to say, hey, y'all sit down and actually listen to this because this is actual, uh, factual, and you're hearing it from someone that has actually uh, been there and done that. I've never been to prison. I don't think I, I, I just couldn't go to prison. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I would, I would be myself. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, you know. <laughs> so my thing I, I really is, wouldn't. you know, but you know, this is one of those things that a lot of them don't think about, and I think a lot of it has to do with emotion. You know, um, you hear a lot of things. People say, "Oh, it's gun control," which I don't, I don't believe that violence in the black community has anything to do with gun control. Some people say it's video think, games. Some people say it's hip hop. We uh, go ahead. Yeah, with the kids, I think that a lot of it has to do with, you know, what I mean, is. You know, fear of the consequences. You know, what I mean, you a, a child really doesn't know what twenty years in prison actually means. He doesn't actually. He's not able to ten years in prison. You know, what I mean, you know, a year is ten minutes to a kid. A kid just doesn't. You know, as in your childhood, you don't know the sense of time. You know, what I mean, you don't think about time when you're a child. You know, what I mean, and that's one of the biggest difference between you know adults and children. You know, what I mean, time doesn't matter when you're kids. You're gonna play outside till your mother tells you to come in. You're not thinking that she says come in the house by eight thirty. You know what I mean? So with children, you know what I mean, when you tell somebody a life sentence, they don't really it's not gonna grasp it, you know what I mean, immediately that, you know, they're gonna spend the rest of their life in prison. <laughs> so So, so you know, I, what what I do get a part of that, but let me ask you this: You're you're an artist. You said Butterbean's the name. You guys can we'll, we'll give him. Right. Uh, have him, we're gonna play some of his music uh, later in the episode once it downloads. Um, do you think that it is hip hop culture that is destroying the black community when it comes to black? Uh, when it comes Absolutely. to gun violence, I mean, I mean, as a, as an artist myself, you know, I've I've had to be forced to look at myself. I've mean, been forced to look at myself, you know, due to the fact I got a 16-year-old child who's also getting in the music business, you know what I mean? So it's like, now I got to kind of, you know, be more aware of what I'm putting out there, you know what I mean? But at the same time, yeah, it's a major influence. I mean, I would go to myself to say it's the number one influence, you know what I mean? Because anytime you got anything that you put into your mind over and over and over again, you know, it's going to basically take a life on its own, you know what I mean? And that's if you don't kill, 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 murder, 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 kill, 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 murder, 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 and you're listening to that every day. I mean, we all know what repetition does. It's like the ABCs. You learn to sing ABCs when you were a kid, you know what I mean? And everybody to this day can A, B, C, D. So it's the same thing. If it's kill, 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 murder, 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 yeah, it's going to have some effect on your subconscious, your conscious mind, absolutely. Hey, guys, remember, we want to hear from you. If you have an opinion, on gun violence in the black community, or if you have any solutions, or you've been a victim, or you've known someone that has been a victim, you can call in tonight and actually uh, speak on the show. And that number to call in is area code 914-205-5803. You press the number one, it will put you in queue to actually speak. Again, that number is 914, I'm sorry, a little dyslexia going on, 914-205-5803. Zero three. And remember to press one. I'm gonna say it one more time because just in case I messed it up the first time. Nine one four two zero five five eight zero three. Press the number one, and I, it will actually put you in queue. And and it's funny because as you watch things like Fox, 
CNN, MSNBC, your local news channels and things like that, you see a lot of this. Um, you, everybody has their opinion, you know, um, gun violence because uh, there aren't uh, fathers in the home. Um, which I, I don't I don't know if I, I agree with that. We have to look further at those statistics. Gun violence. It's, it's far deeper than that. It's far deeper than that. When you look at gun violence, I mean, gun violence is as American as apple pie. I mean, you got to understand how is this country founded. I mean, even when we sing our national anthem, the bombs bursting in the air. You know what I mean? Violence is is deeply rooted in the American culture. This is how this country was obtained, and that's not you know. Glorified or anything, but this is what this society does: is it glorifies gun violence. You know what I mean? This, you know, that's part of our constitution. That's the American fiber is guns. You know what I mean? It's just unfortunately, oh, yeah. you know, what I mean, this this is just something that's been you know utilized to you know to tear apart our communities. You know what I mean? But first, in order to you know fix our communities, you got to be willing to address the direct root of the problem. You know what I mean? And the truth is, there's no gun manufacturers in our neighborhood. <laughs> So. <laughs> that's 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 a valid point, but I, I just want uh, to to that point. I'm just going to read basically some some gun violence uh, statistics. Now this isn't broken down by race, but it's kind of just speak, spoken in general. Um, and this is from uh, violenceprevention.com. Uh, uh, there are more than 393 million guns in circulation in the United States, approximately. 120.5 guns for every 100 people. In other words, there are more guns than people. Um, 1.7 million children live with unlocked, loaded guns. One out of three homes with kids have guns. In 2015, 2,824 children from 0 to 19 years died by gunshot, and an additional 13,723 were injured. An emergency department visit for non-fatal assault injuries places a youth at 40% higher risk for subsequent firearm injuries. Those people that died from accidental shooting were more than three times as likely to have had a firearm in their homes as those uh, in the control group. So, I mean, truth be told, that doesn't really fit our narrative. Let's, let's, be, let's be honest with you. But when you look at the numbers in uh, – the black community, and this kind of goes. I had this debate going on once with the the Black Lives Matter movement. We had a show, and we had like Trump supporters, and we had the Black Lives Matter movement that come up. And one of the things that right. is always thrown uh, around <clears throat> is why do black men fear the police getting shot by the cops more? You're more likely to get shot by another black man. And I know the statistic, you're always more likely to get shot by your own race, right? But when you stack all of right. those statistics, a Hispanic is more likely to get shot by a Hispanic, a white is more likely to get shot by a white. When you get to the blacks, are more likely to get shot by a black. That number is, it's, it's astronomically different. So there is a problem there. And you hear that, you hear that thrown a lot, around a lot. What do you think about that? But I mean, you know, I mean, I've seen a statistic online that said that over 300,000 black people have died at the hands of black people in the last 20, 30 years. So, I mean, but again, like I said earlier, you got to address the root of the problems in our community. And I think the black community, and I mean, I'm this is just my opinion, you know, it's just an opinion. It's not fact, what I'm saying, but it's just my opinion. I think the black community has a problem really holding itself accountable. 
and hold each other accountable. You know what I mean? Like black people don't want to look at the the problems that face our community. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the truth is that, you know, the the numbers is like, you know, staggering, you know, the fact that, you know, what we're doing to each other, you know, as opposed to the people that die at the hands of the police officers. But at the same time, you know, you got to understand the people who control the media and these things, you know, to, to keep the public riled up. You know what I mean? If you can keep us focused on police officers, there's no telling what's going on behind our back in our community because we're too busy angry at police officers, but we don't understand, you know, gentrification and all the other things that are going on that are creating these very conditions, you know what I mean, that are making black people stressed out kill each other, you know what I mean? And then not only just that, I think the biggest problem we got in our community, as a matter of fact, in America, I mean, look at our president, this is my opinion, but like I said, we got a mental health issue in America. Like, oh, you know, okay. people don't want to address it. Like, my little cousin's sick, you know what I mean? He's got a mental problem. I mean, yeah, what he did was heinous, but at the same time, man, he needed help long before, you know, that's the thing. Nobody, you know, how many mental health programs are really, you know, we see crazy people on the streets every day, like, and it's like nobody wants to address that America has a real, real horrible, you know, mental health problem. You know, there's a lot of sick people in this world, you know what I mean, that need help and the help is not available to them. You know what I mean? And if, you know, like I said earlier, if you just keep continuing, he's already a sick-minded person and you're feeding them violence and violence and then we're going to add the drug addiction in there, then we got a horrible problem. You know, people don't want to address the problem. You know, we got sick people on drugs with access to guns. What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> Well, absolutely. It's funny because um, I did a, a show a few episodes back. We were talking about mental health, and we just show was about suicide. But um, it goes it goes back to that because you know I'm in I'm a consultant in the cannabis industry, and one of the biggest issues that we discovered was PTSD and anxiety in the black male population. Not uh, black women population right. is very high, but you're more likely as a black man or male like to have PTSD by the by the, like the age of like eight or nine or something. Something like, it was some crazy numbers. And this kind of goes back to talking about, like, your music and gun violence and things like that, you being an artist. And going back to when we talk about mental health, I think one of the problems is that we face is when we go through things and we get traumatized, instead of going and getting help, we do what? We make a rap song about it. You know, you saw your brother get shot. Exactly. You, don't, you don't go get a therapist. You go, you go in the studio. You know, you know, I you know my boy. It's when you say that. You, I have, and, you know, it's like, yo, you're sick, you're ill, you need mental health, but you're around here making songs. And, and I, I was out with a friend one night, and uh, he went to his car and, and he opened his trunk. I mean, the dude had like like a, enough guns to arm like a small army. I'm like, dude, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, you know, I mean, you know, my just, mother. My mother always taught me growing up, you know, that, you know, guns, you know, give people a false sense of courage. You know what I mean? They're like, you know, that's the thing, you know, like people aren't the same. You can meet a guy, you can have a problem, you can bump into a guy and he, it's like, you know, excuse me, okay, he might have a little chip on his shoulder, but when he's got a gun, he's a totally different individual, you know what I mean? And right, that's right. the thing, you know what I mean? The power of that gun itself, you know what I mean? It's like my cousin always used to tell me growing up, he was like, you know, when you're behind a gun, it's a total different feeling, but you know what I mean? You feel powerful and you're a big bad guy, but when you're in front of it helpless, and you know, that's where you know you see that you're not that tough of a guy. You know, there's some higher powers. You're going to be reaching and praying for the higher powers. You know what I mean? And that's the thing to where, you know, that power, you know, again, like I said, the, the power of a gun itself in the, the, the wrong hands, you know, and those type of people, and that's the difference between our community, you know, they raise their kids, you know, in, you know, in other communities, you know, they taught gun safety, they taught guns are for hunting, 
You know, I mean, that's not what you taught guns for. You know, guns are taught. You know, when you well, you better have that gun on you. You leave this house, boy, because you know the dudes around the corner might go to tripping. That's what we're taught with guns. We're not taught that. Oh, okay, we're going uh, hunting in the Aspen in Colorado this year. You know, what I mean, that's not what we're taught growing up. That's not why my father got a gun in the house. He don't got a gun in the house for hunting. He's got a gun and just you know the crazy cat crackhead next door loses his mind and wants to come through the window. So. <laughs> it's just a total different it's a it's a total different set of circumstances with guns, you know what I mean? For certain people, you know I, what I mean? I, I Some people have them for protection. Some people have them for collection, you know what I mean? Just right, one of those right, things, right. you know. And, and, and based and on individuals. When you when you're coming from well, the urban community or the hood or the projects, wherever you come from, um, in some form of fashion gun violence has affected us all. I mean myself, my dad Absolutely. My dad went to prison when I was four, and when he got out, I think I was like 19, 20. So, I mean, you know, he spent his entire life, well, he spent most of my life in prison from gun violence, you know, because Hothead, which, in my opinion, he probably needed mental health that he never got from a kid, and he decided to go out, you know, to the club one night, got to some guy. Shot him in the neck. That guy did survive, but at the same time, my dad wasn't supposed to have a firearm because he was on probation from a prior uh, gun situation. <laughs> so, you know, I was always taught. You know, my mom always taught taught me. You know, hey, you know, you stay away from this. You do. You know, you go about uh, things in a, a, a certain manner. So even we all, on some level, have been affected by gun violence. Uh, my, oh, I guess yeah, one of my this did. Go ahead. In this day and era, I mean, there's no there's no complete solution. You know, I very seldom talk about when I got shot, but I can't tell you this. Like, when I got shot, I got shot, you know, at a basically all-white club, and I got shot by a Caucasian male who was fighting another Caucasian male, and I no, just no, happened no, to no, be no, the wrong no, You know, that, that, that's a twist, right, to most stories, because most people will be like, you're more likely to get shot at the black club versus the white club, because that's all you see on TV. Exactly, but this is a, it's, a, it's kind of ironic because, you know, I was, you know, because the way that I was living at that time when I got shot, you know, people constantly like, man, you know, you need to stay out of these clubs. So I stay away from the hood clubs and I would stay away from, you know, you know, the hood, you know what I mean? Or anything, you know, pretty much urban. And I went to hanging with white boys, you know what I mean? And I went to every hole in the wall in my city and never had a problem. I go out with the white boys and lose my whole life. You know what I mean? Like literally I died on the hospital table, you know, and, you know, anybody's been around me, you see my arm, you know, it's a, ugly sight, you know what I mean, and then basically over incident, I had nothing to do with, but to this day, you know what I mean, I have to live with that, you know what I mean, but like I say, you know, so it doesn't, it's not something that's completely, you know, how do you say it, is that, you know, for our community, it's not just our community alone, you know, you especially in Jacksonville, I mean, bullets ain't got no name here, you know what I mean, anybody, you know, you get shot anywhere at any given time in this city, you know, little kids, you know, God bless the dead, you know what I mean, those kids who died, you know, playing PlayStation in the Jacksonville landing, like, how horrible, you know what I mean, you can't even go play PlayStation, you know, these kids get shot at football games, like, there's nowhere for the kids, you know what I mean, and I think that's one of the biggest solutions to, you know, nowadays, you know, especially in this state, is that, you know, they have more programs set up to lock these kids up than they actually do to help keep them free, and that's the sad part of our community, there's just not enough for these kids, I mean, you think in every black community, there should be a gym to play basketball, you know what I mean? And somewhere, you know, after school programs or anything, there's none of this stuff available. They, the government is taking all these programs out. So 
So, I mean, basically what you do is you have a bunch of guns flooded into the hood, and there's no coincidence that, you know, these people rob these trains and there's a train full of Glock 9 millimeters that gets robbed and nobody hears about it in the news, and all of a sudden you got 15 kids in a rap video waving Glocks with extended clips on. There's no coincidence. They know what they're doing. But then there's nothing else for these kids. I mean, what do you think right. is going to happen? And that's a lot of this stuff, I mean, in our communities is systematically done on top of the music. You know what I mean? And that's where, you know, like I told you earlier, it brought a change about it. Me, especially, you know, when I'm watching the people who getting signed over the last five to ten years, especially the rappers who get signed, you know, in this area, you know, they're the ones promoting the gun violence. If you ain't, you know, caught up into some type of shooting and you got some type of, you know, media coverage behind you for being, you know, that type of, you know, individual as a gangster, you know, these people don't want you. They want somebody that's going to promote this nonsense to our children. You know what I mean? And nobody's holding them accountable for it. Like, you know, it's not saying there's no positive rappers out here, but they're not going to give a positive rapper a chance. That's not who wow. they're signing to the deal. So this tells me that, like, you know, and that's the bottom line. There's a big business to death in our community, whether anybody wants to, you know, really look at it. You know what I mean? You know, you've never seen a funeral home go and give a, uh, uh, be at a stop the violence rally. I mean, no, I've never no. in my lifetime seen a community sponsor a stop the violence. No, because a funeral home, they're making money off of that. And the same thing with jails and all the rest of this. You know, every time a black person dies, you know, there's a lot of money being made. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, 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 Oregon I, I, harvesting. You know, it's a lot of stuff going on in our community beyond the gun violence. You know, what I mean that. This stuff is leading to, you know what I mean? But they know what I mean. It's, like I said, again, it's systematically done in order to address the problem. I mean, you got to really know what the root of the problem is. You know what I mean? So what what, what would be your message? Um, like I said, you're, you're an artist. What would be your message to other artists? I mean, established artists, artists that's already been around, artists that are up and coming, um, I mean, we, we've seen hip-hop change over the years. Like, let's not even lie about it. Um, I mean, you know, we the, 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 the challenge for me, and I mean, what my challenge is to Jacksonville, it's just always been my this is just my you know, because I come from you know that 95 South era, that 6 9 era to where back when you know the booty shake era, Luke, or whatever, like when music was fun. The problem I have with these young artists, you know, I mean, the music is a reflection of our community, but the problem is, is that. Nobody wants to step up anymore and bring the fun back. You know what I mean? That's that's what it's missing. I mean, you're not going to change, you know, what's going on, you know, overnight. There's no immediate solution to what's going on in our community. But at the same time, when is somebody going to let the kids breathe? When is somebody going to say it's okay? Man, we can have fun, man. We can dance, man. We can, you know what I mean? That's what I want to see. I mean, I miss the, the, the era, you know what I mean, to where – it was fun, you know what I mean? Where are the dancers at? Where are the other people? Hip-hop is not solely about gangster rap. is not the only part of hip-hop. <laughs> I mean, it's a big <laughs> genre of music, you know what I mean, with all different, you know, genres in within the genre, you know what I mean? It's like there's nobody want, that wants to make the music fun again, somebody to say it, I'm different, you know what I mean? And you look in our area, if you look at the club and the biggest songs that came out of our era ever, I mean, this area of the country is, you know, dance songs, you know what I mean, fun songs, you know what I mean, and it's like, where did we go wrong at, you know what I mean, who promoted this, you know what I mean, and that's the problem, it's just generational curses, nobody just wants to step up and say, I'm different, and until that happens, you know what I mean, we're going to... Far as far as cultures go, go, I mean, so so you have your artists, right, you have um, them making all this music, 
how much accountability should go to the DJs for promoting gun violence and hip hop culture in the clubs? Are they are they basically stuck saying, okay, I have to play with the people like, or do they are or should they be held to a certain accountability as well for spreading this type so. of? I think hip hop goes in a cycle. I think hip hop is a cycle because I'm seeing you know a lot of rappers come back. You know they they talk a lot of. The nonsense, but you know, a lot of the music is poppy and kind of dancey. You know what I mean? And the club, the club is always a different place. You know what I mean? It's like you know, especially if you want crowd control. I, you know, if you play a certain type of music in the club, you're guaranteed if that's what you, you're going to have a certain type of crowd and you're going to have a certain type of thing. And I think that you know, especially in this city, I think everybody wants to get away from that. You know what I mean? I don't think it's, oh, it's the, not a matter uh, of trap, trap music. So I, I know it's a lot of trap music. It's not. It's not being played in certain clubs, but you got some clubs where it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, but that's you those are too a few now, you know what I mean, because of the things that have happened lately. I think everybody, you know, one thing about it, you know, in, in, in due time, you know what I mean, everything pretty much will work itself out, you know what I mean? And that's one of the things I'm watching. That's, I watch the city change, you know, by me being incarcerated and coming back and forth, you know what I mean? I've watched the changes in society. We in society, you don't really get to see or really paying attention to everything closely. But when you've been gone for a while, you come back, okay, this ain't cool no more. This ain't the Jade days when everybody had on the, you know, the the the, the black Prada boots and, the you know, the, the, the Jeezy glasses and the all black and everybody was white. Everything was all black, you know. People were back to wearing colors, you know, the, the hottest club, club songs. You know, like right now, I think the hottest song in the city, is when that swag surf comes on, it's an old song. But there's not a club in Jacksonville that I don't see the club go crazy on, you know what I mean? But there was a point in time right. where, you know, where last time I, you know, felt the man, I was the man on these streets. When Jeezy come on, you know, that was pretty much what ruled the club. Nobody wanted to hear, the, you know, the poppy stuff at that point in time. But now it's, you know, it's back. You know, you can't really have a song in the club unless it's bouncing and somebody can move to it right now. Okay. We're going to go to a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the gun laws, state attorney's office, and gun crime. (laughs) So that's going to be a lot of fun. So we'll be right back after this. Do you suffer from chronic pain and always wondered, is there an alternative to opioids with all these side effects? Well, guess what, guys? The answer is here at Total Pain Relief under the direction of Dr. Terrell Newton. For more information, dial 904-374-0353. Mela Miracle is an organic skin oil that helps with skin conditions such as eczema, alopecia, and psoriasis. It is most commonly used for pain relief such as arthritis, tendonitis, joint pain, Muscle soreness, and it works in less than two minutes. Make your pain go away. Every time you rub it in that place, that smell of miracle. Mel America. Mel America's organic skin oil helps with skin conditions like eczema, alopecia, and psoriasis. Most commonly used for pain relief, arthritis, tendonitis, joint pain, even muscle soreness, and it works in less than two minutes. Welcome, guys. You are back. Um, FYI to the people that are on Facebook Live. The commercials ain't for y'all. That's why it sounds the way it sounds up there. But if you're actually listening on uh, other 
sites and things like that is actually coming through uh, a little bit different. But if you're just now tuning in, you're now tuning into the Real Talk with Robert Simmons show. We're talking gun violence and culture, uh, the culture of gun, gun violence in the community, especially the black community. But I'd like to give a shout-out to uh, a few of my sponsors, Affordable Marijuana Clinic, Lightlicense.com. Make sure you go check them out for your cannabis needs, your medical cannabis needs, to be in fact. Also, shout-out to Mel Miracle, um, man, for good pain creams and all that good stuff. Y'all go and check them out. That was a commercial that played uh, earlier. But we're back. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hello? Okay, all right. Yeah. So we're back. Before the break, I was saying that we're going to talk a little bit about um, – I'm not going to go into the law laws to the details. I mean, that point. I'm not a lawyer, but I do know I've I've worked um, with friends and 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 parents and people in the fourth judicial circuits when it came to um, the state attorney's office here, especially under Angela Corey uh, when she was the state attorney. Um, and we've seen. I mean, you've seen a lot of. The 1020 life, when they passed that, I'm not going to say it was racially motivated, but, um, man, that law put a lot of people in jail, a lot of a lot of black people in jail. Right. And one of the, the, the funny parts, I was laughing at one guy. I was trying to talk some sense to him, and he was talking about guns. Gun. He, you know, he had a lot of money selling drugs or whatever. And, and one of the biggest things that he – they they don't believe in is is having a lawyer. Let me tell you something. If I was to ever sell drugs, which I wish I'm not, just putting that out there. Um, before I went out and bought a a new car with rims, I would definitely have a lawyer just as a retainer, just because the chances of me likely to end up in the judicial system on some level is like high, very very high. And you see a lot of these guys <laughs> they go around. Go ahead. There's not, a, I mean, a lot of people understand, like, they might not understand it. You know, a lot of people are caught up in the lives of selling drugs in their street lives. They're not caught up in the lives by choice. You know what I mean? If they were a smart person, they wouldn't be involved in the lifestyle to begin with. You get what I'm saying? Some, <laughs> you know, you know there's going to be some people that disagree with that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they could disagree with it, but at the same time, I mean, when it comes to, you know, that life, I mean, and nobody can argue with me. I mean, I don't think, you know, my history, like, I've been to federal prison, I've been to state prison, and I've been to juvenile, nothing I'm proud of. Like, I've been in trouble, you know, majority of my young life, you know what I mean? So, well, I'm here to tell you, like, when a person, when they give you, a, when they give a person a life sentence, right, when they give a person a certain amount of time, they're saying to you that, it's going to take this person three years to become a law-abiding citizen again. This is what, the way the judge feels. It's going to take this person 25 years to become a law-abiding citizen. Do you know I've been behind bars with people who have life sentences, which they better say it's going to take you a whole nother lifetime to become a law-abiding citizen, and they still <laughs> said if they had a chance to get out, they would sell drugs again. Wow. You understand? Wow. I, I, I feel you, man. We're going to the phone line. take some calls. <laughs> we'll take our first call this evening. Go ahead, caller. You are on the air. Hello. Hello. How you doing? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. You know, it's a funny thing you made mention of that, that mm-hmm. marijuana uh, commercial. 
you know, in some uh, venues, marijuana use is looked at as a mental illness. Okay. And it it will prevent you from getting employment. For instance, in schools and aviation, for sure. But there's a lot of other things that's also in uh, that same category that prevents you from getting certain jobs. Concussion. Right. Uh, your sexual preference, or shall I say a sexual mm-hmm. confusion. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> oppressive. You know how people constantly talk about slavery and all that? Right. They even help. Uh, they even list that as having a mental condition. But wow. you know, you going back to talking about the young the gun gun. If you took all the guns away from people, still gonna get out there and kill. Yes, right. Human beings do things like that. But right. look at this. As far as the young boys is concerned, look at it as a boat with a hole in the bottom. And it's filling up with water and running water's running over the sides. What do you put your attention to? Trying to catch the water that's running over the sides? Or fixing that hole in the bottom of the boat that's letting water in. Well you better fix the hole. <laughs> right. So that's the same way I look at working with these young people. You gotta get these young people early. And especially with blacks. See Nigerians. Nigerians, as black as Wesley Snipes, they are not going to teach black American children how to take power away from their kids. Not even talking about anybody else. That's up for black people themselves to do that. And you got to get to them kids and start educating them the way that they should be educated in order to prepare them for higher education and also future trend jobs. Another right. thing that's bad in the black community is the politics. Your politicians ain't worth a damn. They lousy. <laughs> teach, teach. <laughs> Preach. You got politicians that's been around for 40 damn years. And they make money off of your conditions. Mm-hmm. Your schools Absolutely. make money off of your kids. You got high paid principals, superintendents that's making 300000 a year, administrators. The teachers' unions, who the teachers pay dues to, and your president of your teachers' union in your normal city, I bet they make as much as 200000 a year. They make money off of those kids. They don't care if they learn or not. So until you stop that, then it's going to be a continuation of the flow. You talk about that prison, that pipeline to mm-hmm. prison. The prison pipeline. Well, stop letting your kids get in the damn pipe. <laughs> and the flow I mean, will stop. That, that Listen, my, my father says all the time, you want to stop these kids from going to the graveyard, teach your kids how to leave other people's stuff alone. <laughs> and I said, wow. <laughs> and, young man, I, I really, you know, I, I feel for you. But you got, I mean, you an example of what happens in these damn communities. And, and white folks ain't no place around. And granted, you got black families that don't know what to do 
Uh, they don't have to be. If you come out of a system where you educate, not educated, how are you going to educate your kids? Yeah, but you know, unfortunately, this is, you know, let me give this, say this one thing. My parents are not the result of me choosing the life that I chose. It was really going outside my door. You feel what I'm saying? Like, I was raised right. And, you know, I was exposed to a lot, but I was told right from wrong. And, you know, I didn't have the best examples, but your community, they say when it takes a community to raise a child, you have a community to raise a child. It's like I was the only child for a decade, you know, so it's like I was always big for my age. Do you know what that does? You know, when you got 15, 16-year-olds wanting to fight you at 10 years old, it's going to make you pretty tough. And that's what happened to me at a young age. It had nothing to do with my household, I don't think. You know, that played a part of it, but, you know, the community, you know, the places I grew up in, you know, especially the early 90s in the crack era. (laughs) Well, you know what happened to you? It's just like taking a clean shirt, throwing it into a laundry clothes basket of dirty shirts. See, it wasn't nothing wrong with you. You just claimed it. It was the others that influenced you to the point where you broke down. That's why come I'm for school choice, where parents can take their children out of these environments and put them where they think is best for them, rather than keeping them the way it is now, amongst a lot of dysfunction. I agree, bro. Well, I'll tell you, school choice was fought mostly by blacks, just to let y'all know that. Um, Right. Well, yeah, blacks. When you you survey and poll blacks, majority of them in the semi- Upper 70 percentile say that's what they want See That's how you help somebody Who is financially Disadvantaged And we know that we got a lot of people That are financially disadvantaged But they try their best to do the right thing That's how you help them Make it possible for them to take their kids And put them someplace else Now what about the rest of the kids Well then you come up with programs To try to break off pieces of them At a time and try to straighten them out. But you can't leave those that's working hard, doing all the right thing, and leave them in those environments because all you're doing is holding them back. They got the ability to spring forward, but because they're in that room and they're coming from a functional family, well, you're going to increase the number of failures. I agree. Just like I this man you telling, I mean, you telling a child, I mean, you know, to be honest, you're telling your child that he's going to need algebra and geometry unless he's going to become an aviator or a pilot or something like that again. I mean, what are the odds of him using that again besides at another level of education? Telling your child he's going to need Macbeth again, <laughs> like, you're lying. Like, that's the problem. I think there's a problem with the whole educational structure. You know what I mean? A lot of this stuff, I mean, every kid is not going to need math. This kid might be better off doing things vocationally. He maybe needs to get in vocational things when he's young. Can't tell me my child can't learn when he can beat a video game that was designed by somebody in Silicon Valley in five hours after buying it. Well, what you do is you take a child. You take a child early and you start analyzing and evaluating that child. What that child has inner abilities to do will show early on. Then you start. You start directing them in an area, especially of high demand, high wage and salary. And there are a lot of black kids that's doing this. You know, if you take right. one of my favorite organizations, the National Society of Black Engineers, they have annual conventions 
and inventions and conventions all through the year. But at their annual conventions, you have corporations there that's hiring these kids, these graduates, these STEM graduates, at hundreds at a time. One corporation hired 400. 17 and 18, one corporation, Northwood Grumman, hired 400 two years in a row. Black kids. Plus the thousands of others that's being hired. So if you prepare them, then there's something for them to do, especially if it's what's in demand. Ain't nobody looking for no black history majors. Ain't nobody exactly. looking for no psychologists and no <laughs> philosophers. So what, what would be, so, I mean, those are wonderful programs um, that are in place. What what could be a possible solution to increasing more kids to go to those programs? Because as I read, yeah, we're, losing, we're losing so many of them to gun violence. How like, do you get them to the urban areas? This is what I'm saying earlier. <laughs> Yeah, how do you get it to the urban areas? Because that's the problem I have. Well, they I'm got programs. I'm going to tell you, they, they have programs. Like in St. Louis, they got a bridge program that's in conjunction with the University of Missouri, St. Louis, and Express Scripts, the, the big pharmacy company. And they bring kids in on a Saturday, hundreds at a time, and they go through workshops from 9 to about 1, from biology, all the disciplines. They do that from September to March. And that helps sure. to prepare them, and you can see what it is that that child can do best. When I was coming up, I was tracked into a high school. I had to take tests, put square bo- uh, blocks and round circles and all that stuff, and they said, oh, you'd be good doing this. So that's what you have to do. Also, the Bureau of Labor Statistics tell you what the future trends in employment is going to be and w- what the percentages you're going to see expansion in these trends. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm in 100% agreement with you, but the problem is, is with the communities that I come from is that, you know, there is no engineers. You know, the engineers and the people who make it out of where I'm from, you know, they don't come back. You know, you might see in the right. neighborhood right. on we, Thanksgiving we tend Sunday. We to look up to two drug dealers. Drug dealers or you know what I'm saying? And that was my problem. Is I'm from a land of mediocre. How do you be great when everybody around? Well, let me mediocre, tell you. You feel me? <laughs> if you got these churches that's got space, I'm, you got to have space. And once you get space, you figure out what you want to do. Out there in Oakland, California, you have an organization called Oakland Youth First. It's started by a man by the name of Matthew Graves. In his space, he must have at least thirty. Flight simulators. Flight simulators is the basic avia controls that children can sit down. Anybody can sit down. You got your screen, and it's like flying an airplane. And if I you get the space, the listen to me. If you get the space, you got organizations, company that will provide you with the resources. And all you got to do is get the kids there. You got kids that that would gravitate to that. That's a whole other topic because, you know, that's getting the church involved in most churches. I'm going to be honest with you with the, with the gun violence in the community. And this is not for all churches, but the majority of churches, I would say probably at least 90% of the churches, they're not doing nearly enough in their community. Well, I'll tell you most what you do. Get that church bus. Kids. Get that church bus and take them kids out of that area. We don't have to go there for Urban League, you got the uh, you got even a school to let you have a room. It's continuing education. Get them out of the hood. Then take them home after it's all done. 
<laughs> All right. I mean, that, 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 that sounds a little philosophical to me. In the communities that I grew up in, you know, the, 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 the topic itself was gun violence in our communities, right? Well, if you come from mm-hmm. our communities, pretty much every black community that I've been in, there's a church on every corner, but the, 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 the topic itself is gun violence. So obviously there's a real disconnect between the church and the community for it to be the, our communities to have suffered the worst from gun violence, but there's a church on every corner. Look, most, most, of these, most of these crimes happen. So that's definitely, I, I'm not saying it's part of the problem, but I'm definitely not sure if it's part of the solution. Well, their preachers are making money. Let's be realistic. He's making money exactly. to buy and pay for their car. So if, you, if you're paying your tithes and offerings and your church is in the hood, your church should be doing more in that community than what it's doing. And, I, and I, I'll tell any pastor that to their I'm face. Just, I'm just going to... I'm going to point something blatantly. I'm going to point something out, and I know I'm probably a little wrong for saying it, but it's the truth. At the end of the day, I spoke earlier about so many people who profiting off our deaths. When these kids die, when these people die, who works hand-in-hand with the funeral home the church does? The church also gives church? money off the deaths of our community. I hate to say it, but it's the facts. It's the truth. Funerals are held Boy, in Boy, everybody church. make money. When a kid is shot on the street, first thing they do, the police come out, and they do what? They tape the area off. Then they bring out a team that go around and they canvass the area. Then they bring the coroner out. You got the people that come out and take the pictures. They do that all night as they shift. So if you got 300 people getting killed, that's one crew you paying for a whole year that's doing those things. Right. Suppose you got 700. Then you got two crews. So they're making money off of that. Yes, they make money off of it. So I, I, I had a I had a solution, uh, and this could be this is just in theory. Um, I said this a few years ago, and it goes like this: If we literally got term life insurance for every young man at the age of seventeen, with, at the rate that they're dying, do you guys not agree with me that insurance companies would step up with programs and making sure that these black men are not dying on the street? Because that's that's one thing I know about it, if they're dropping, because you you get a a cheap term life insurance if you're young and healthy. I mean, cheap, right? Maybe sometimes 13, 14 bucks a month. Term life insurance, they have to kick out 250 if you you get killed or something like that. Um, At this rate, if they're dropping like that, if every black parent in the community was to get a life insurance, and I know this sounds really bad, but seriously, if they were to get life insurance policies on their kids, I guarantee you these numbers, these statistics would change. Why? Because these companies would be kicking out so much money, they would have to say, There's, we got to do something. We got to do something. Like I was just made aware that um, some companies would not give you a life insurance policy if you had been arrested, like of a gun crime or something like that. I didn't even know that. Um, until, until man, I listened. I got shot. Remember I got shot. I was telling you. I got shot. I was a victim of a crime. I was not entitled, I repeat, not entitled to any type of victim help from the city of Jacksonville based on the fact that I was convicted. So. Were you in Jacksonville, Mississippi, or Florida? Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville, Florida. Mm. I wasn't entitled to any help as a victim because I, I as a victim, I got shot. I was a victim of a crime. I was a victim, but, but, but I wasn't but entitled to any of those. But, but prior to anything that, that would have been invadable to anybody that wasn't. 
Right. Anybody, anything that would have been available to any victim that wasn't a convicted felon, I, I, that wasn't available. So what happened in the end of your crime? Did you file civil suit against the person that shot you? Listen, based on listen, every avenue that I chose, that I looked at, I could possibly sue. I got sued. I got shot outside of a nightclub. There was nothing available to me based on the fact that I was a convicted felon. Well, this is how they write us out. I don't see that, but you could have filed a civil suit against the person that shot you. If uh, if a person the, if a person break in your house and steal something, or if a person hit your car and run, then you find them. File civil suits against them. That civil suit would stick with them the rest of their life. If they luck up and win bingo or win the lottery, then you get your money. Or when they retire, <laughs> pass it on to your kids. That's a good looking look at it. Hey, man, Ain't that man, what they done to OJ? I, I, that was a good. It was a good. Well, that's a good way to look at it. But I'm sure Trayvon Martin's mother is not looking at it the same way, or neither. Well, yeah, mother, I don't you know. know. What I mean? Well, I tell you what. Uh, well, uh, Mike Brown's mama, Leslie, they looked at it that way. <clears throat> you got to file civil suits. That's what they done to O.J. Simpson, didn't it? Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're right. When you're right, you're right. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, I, it's, it's, it's that's all about knowledge. And I mean, I, I, I will say this. I mean, when, you, when we don't know, we don't know. I didn't know. You know what I mean? There's a lot of stuff that... I could have probably done looking back on the situation. I mean, the things I would have done differently, I wouldn't have got shot. You know what I mean? But at yeah. the end of the day, well, I'm, look, like, I'm glad yeah. you're here. But as they say, people die for a lack of knowledge, and that's what happens to our community. You know what I mean? Now, what are you doing with your li- trying to do with your life? What am I doing with my life? Actually, I do auto sales, and I call it auto solutions. What I've basically done is I've made a job for myself. If you need an auto Anything you need to done basically with auto, I can get it done. If you need OEM parts for your car, I can get OEM parts for your car. Uh, mm-hmm. We do salvage titles. We do that's mainly what I'm into. Also, sell music on the internet. Well, that's good. At least you're doing something. You found a well, niche and found the ability to uh, provide resources for the niche, and you're doing something with your life. I mean, but, you know, basically that goes back to knowledge. You know what I mean? I sat down when I was in these places and I read books about entrepreneurship, and I had to figure out a way in my mind to come up with avenues outside of traditional me going and putting a resume for to make a dollar bill. If I had to put a resume for with a record like mine, you know, like, nah, they're not going to give me a job. But I found ways to make myself invaluable to people who need me, you know what I mean? And that's what I did, you know what I mean? But actually I started at the bottom. I wasn't afraid to get out there. And wash cars when I first got out of prison. So I washed cars and basically took a life with like people who I was washing cars for. They took a life to me and they showed me things and I'm able to you know, provide for my family. So for mm-hmm. the most part, like I said, I've had my ups and downs though. So. Okay. Hey man, well we appreciate your call. We got about nine minutes left, man. Thank you. Make All sure right, then. Thank you. Uh, Tuesday night, even though it was Wednesday, it's a special show, man. I appreciate your call. And sure. uh, yeah, man, I, I appreciate you. Uh, for calling in, this link still hadn't downloaded because I wanted to play play one of your tracks. But what we can do, what we can do is actually, um, if you're on Facebook Live or anything like that, we can add that link. Is there a way to add that link to this video on Facebook? Yeah, you can add that link. As a matter of fact, I just do it better. You know, just Google me at Butterbean904, uh, Butterbean yeah, Music Artist. That's B-U-T-T-A-B-I-N-G and 904 Butterbean 
music artist on Google, and you can find everything you want to need. I'm available on every platform, YouTube, Spotify, anywhere, you know, basically that, you know, music, you know, streamed out on the Internet. I'm pretty much there, besides SoundCloud. So check me out, iHeartRadio, wherever. When we get when we get some of his music, something like we get some of his music, I make sure that we uh we'll, you know give a shout out, maybe drop some. We were supposed to play a track tonight, but have to download it from the email, from the email, from the computer, from the computer to the software, from the from, from it's crazy. But a uh, little lot, little tech. I just appreciate you having me though, bro. Hey man, hey, I I appreciate your 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 viewpoint, and then you know the thing about it, I like to find people that has had that experience because there are certain things that when we come to like, especially talking to young men about things like gun violence or really anything, sometimes they just want to hear from somebody that has gone through it. You know what I mean? Some somebody that Absolutely. has. Absolutely. I mean that's what that's what my life is about. You know, my story, you know, is unique, but at the same time, if I could get a message out there to somebody, then you know, maybe make them think different. You know, maybe save somebody's life. You know. That's what I do. You know, a lot of kids, you know, I got my own little way of mentoring, you know, and the first thing I always tell them, I'm like, man, just think, man, you're going to spend the rest of your life around dinglings if you get locked up for this nonsense. You don't want to be around dudes. You like women, don't you? And, you know, but somebody has to tell it in that form of fashion, you know what I mean? Oh, you're going to get in trouble. I ain't scared of the consequences. Boosie went to jail, but Boosie didn't tell you this part of You're going to be in there with a bunch of big gay dudes, you know know what I mean? Like, you have to give, you know, kids a different way right. to look at it. You know what I mean? It's like, and that's what and I try You're not going to, you know in that booth. You're not going in with that celebrity. Right, exactly. You know, remember that. They got to, you know, like you said, a lot of it has to do with maturing and and, and really understanding. Like, like you said, you know, Bible, the good book that says, you know, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And knowledge is, is everything. And as I said earlier today, applied knowledge is power. Absolutely. Applied knowledge. Definitely, definitely. And that's you know that's basically and, it. we have to you know apply it. <laughs> right, right. Because you can yeah, know it all. You having it, bro. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. I want to I want to thank everybody for watching uh, over these last fifty minutes. Uh, shout out to everybody on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, RealTalkRobert.com. Uh, shout out to everybody watching Facebook Live. We're out of here until next Tuesday. We'll see. You. Oh, don't forget, people. Next week. On the 29th, Wednesday, the gr- Splash of Green, Green Tire Fair, third annual Splash of Green, Green Tire Fair. It's a free event. Um, put on something nice, jazzy. It's going to be, you know, live entertainment, food, drinks. Um, a lot of people from the medical cannabis industry, doctors, dispensaries, all that good stuff. So make sure you guys come and check that out. And uh, we are out of here. Y'all stay blessed. See you next week.